0: Look what
1: I did. Welcome to Mommy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary
0: and kids are definitely creepy. Hi! Oh, hello! How how how
1: how are you? How are you? Wow! That wasn't what I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say, how's it going?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going great. It's going really great. We cleaned the office today.
1: Oh yeah! Which
0: is where you work every day, and where we always record the podcast,
1: and where the cats sleep all the live long day so it's covered in fur.
0: It's true and it fe- I wish that I had taken a before and after. It feels very crisp and clean. Right oh, it now. does. Fresh. Yeah. We uh, have taken some time to clean various rooms of the house um, which we haven't done this uh, quarantine really <laughs> um, or maybe in a long time because as I was cleaning our bedroom earlier I uh, cleaned off some dried uh, breast milk spots off of um okay the, the nightstand <laughs> so we are garbage people didn't know if you know that but we um
1: <laughs>
0: we are we have cleaned our bedroom and the office and the rest of the house in the in the previous weekends and it feels very good But yes, the the breast milk drops, they got everywhere. You know, it's not shocking that I missed a couple as as the years have passed, but it it was pretty gross.
1: That is something else. I am (laughs) aghast.
0: (laughs) Uh, Our youngest stopped breastfeeding two years ago. Yeah. So that's that.
1: (laughs) Gross. Yeah. Fully gross.
0: Fully gross. But I think that... Moms out there can um, relate because it does kind of just, it happens.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, splats are going to splat. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And we have a lot of hardwood floors here. So, right. you know, I'm not making, I am making excuses for myself. Mm-hmm. And.
1: They're good excuses, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, or. Kids. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good excuses, but they are yeah. general enough that they feel acceptable to me.
0: Yeah. And you know what? The house cleaner that we recommended um, in episode six of our Scary Good Stuff, oh. uh, poltergeist, we recommended hiring a house cleaner. This that was house so long ago is clean. Well, we haven't had our house cleaner in a year, and it shows.
1: <laughs> Accurate,
0: but uh, you know it's very difficult to find time to clean your house, and um, and
1: especially when everyone is in it all the time.
0: Yes. And it often feels a little Sisyphean to Mm -hmm. clean, um, to do a deep clean, because it does kind of get, especially like the bathroom, it's like every week, the minute I clean it, it gets gross again.
1: Mm -hmm. And no one's coming over. So it's also, you don't have those events to go like, well, we got to clean up for Thanksgiving. Yes. We got to clean up for this party this weekend. Okay. I
0: specifically was cleaning today as though my mom were coming to visit and that does not reflect on her um like pressure to for me to clean like she could care less it's more just my like oh my mom's coming to visit I want it to be sparkling clean mm-hmm. or your mom, any parent I should say who's going to stay with us where I'm like I just want it to be really nice and clean
1: That's true. Well, I think if your mom came to visit she might clean if it wasn't she try beforehand she, she would. would try so she would. it's a, a and that
0: would be very kind of her
1: it's true yeah but it's just an extra reason yeah to do the extra bits mm-hmm. get it in there
0: yeah so that has been um a nice thing that we did today and over the course of the last few weeks just tackling each room um how are you doing josh
1: i'm doing great uh we got accepted to a kindergarten a magnet school. Yes, we should That's say, say a, really fun. A
0: public magnet school, not a private school. Yeah. So. Well, he didn't get the lottery at first. He was waitlisted That's and then right. and then a seat became available and we accepted.
1: Absolutely. Very exciting. It's just nice to have that on the horizon. It's nice to hear that schools are gonna reopen for in-person action. Yeah. If all goes well even before the end of this school year is what our mm-hmm. particular city is trying to do. So it bodes very well for some in-person time in the fall, which is um, honestly thrilling watching like the, yeah the, the mm. tour video when yeah. we're looking at the school and it was just like, you could picture your kids there and the idea of them not being there. Just another shout out to all the parents, who've had to do remote schooling um this year, especially yeah. if it was your first year at a new school, man I we applaud you uh, truly we, hats we off cats off to you,
0: yeah, we're going to hopefully miss it just by a few months, so but we were really dreading it for kindergarten because I think that I think some grades are easier than others, and kindergarten just seems very. Depressing as an online thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we feel very lucky with that. um Yeah, that was big news. That was great. That was a great thing. Big um, one.
1: Not as big as 2009's hit movie, <laughs> Orphan.
0: I think that this was a hit movie. I think a lot of people saw this
1: movie. <laughs> I will Many say that. people saw the movie I Orphan. W-
0: I want to say right at the top here that I do not believe that this is a horror movie.
1: It is a thriller.
0: It is a thriller and it involves children. So I think that that's why it gets called a horror movie in the same way that the good son is not a horror movie. Mm -hmm. It's a thriller. It has things akin to, um, I would say like fatal attraction where there's, violence and there's blood and gore Mm -hmm. but there's not anything what i i wouldn't call fatal attraction like a horror movie no but just because this has kids in it i think it gets labeled that
1: and i i mean there also is a couple elements there's a little bit of body horror in this movie like the labor and delivery kind of is yeah there's gore is, is very gory in a way that is not realistic and it is meant to make you uneasy. Um, And, and because of it, you don't know kind of what's at stake throughout the movie. You don't really, you don't know what Esther, the orphan is like capable of or, or what her goals are or what is motivating her to begin with. You just know that like everybody is in this um, everybody's on edge, Really? Okay,
0: so you think that like, only in finishing the movie do you realize that it's just a thriller, but while you're watching it, you were kind of more like this is a horror movie because you didn't know what was going on?
1: I think so. Other than the fact that it took a solid hour to set it up, it was um, something that I yeah didn't really feel it was clear. Like, is she going to be possessed is she going right. to be you know like is she a ghost okay is, okay I also thought this movie was prime for like a switcheroo kind of thing where like you think that Esther is the bad thing like force in the movie but mm. that it turns out it is uh the mom or something that like right. it, there was a few moments because they kind of tease out a few details of
0: well let's let's recap. Okay. Yeah, I think before we get too ahead of ourselves here. Yeah,
1: sure. Are okay. you going to read a recap? I'm going to read a recap. We had, did, did you write it? Uh, oh, I'm so glad you asked. No, this one comes from uh gosh. I I'm I'm DB. Oh. I am mm. Internet Movie Database. InternetMovieDatabase.com. Uh, there were three offerings from Lisa Koffler, 1967, at gmail.com, um, <laughs> good, and good. no one else, uh, <laughs> other than a one sentencer <laughs> that I will give you all also as a bonus. Ooh. I'm just going to say to Lisa Koffler, 1967, at gmail, your first cut is the deepest. <laughs> These are all. Not good for different reasons, but I'm gonna go with this one. I like you workshopping it. And I <laughs> it is the first time I ever felt bad reading one because I'm like, is LisaCoffler 1967 at gmail.com trying to put together like a like a packet? Like is she doing some? like maybe for some script coverage gig or or, or, uh, you know an executive assistant role a studio kind of thing yeah um and thought like i'm gonna write up some movies maybe i'll include some screenshots of Mm. my synopses in my uh application for this position kate and john coleman are rebuilding their troubled marriage after the loss of their baby the couple decide to adopt a child When they meet nine year old Esther at the St. Marina orphanage, they immediately fall in love with the well educated orphan. Their son, Daniel, is hostile to his new sister, but their deaf mute daughter Max is enchanted with her at first. Eventually, Kate begins to feel that Esther is manipulative and possibly even psychologically damaged. John refuses to listen to his wife's misgivings. Kate calls Sister Abigail at the orphanage, and the nun informs her that Esther has a troubled and mysterious history. Kate delves further into Esther's past and discovers she is not what she seems to be. Hmm. Lisa Keffler, 1967, hmm. at gmail.com.
0: Okay. That gets to some of it. You're mm-hmm. going to do the bonus?
1: A husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine-year-old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she appears.
0: No, well, that's good. Not Log by Lisa, line. though. No, yeah, do I assume
1: story. so. I think she probably started there. Expanded, no. contracted, expanded, I think... settled on the sort of Goldilocks <laughs> entry number four, yeah. uh, which I won't read. You can go find it at www.imdb.com slash title slash TT1148204 slash plot summary question mark ref underscore equals TT underscore QL underscore S-T-R-Y underscore two.
0: Okay. Okay. all right so i have a question for you before we get too deep into all of the parenting things in this movie sure can i can i
1: guess what the question is yeah is it is it okay to say deaf mute because the answer is not really you Mm -hmm. just say deaf because it's understood that most deaf people do know how to talk some choose not to some uh some are unable but it's left off these days
0: Mute on mute, you can say,
1: yep, just mute, mute the word mute. save yourself a syllable
0: that is a hundred percent not what I was gonna say oh, um okay while we were watching the movie, I realized that you didn't know what the ending was, but I did. How did you know? because a few years ago, this happened. <laughs>
1: What do you mean? Oh, the plot of this movie happened? Yes. After the movie happened. Oh,
0: yes. about copycat. Yeah, it was probably like a few years after um, where it all started. Oh, my goodness. It is, I feel like we talked about it, but maybe you were not as like interested in it. Yeah. um, I mean, I did guess
1: when you said you don't know the end of this.
0: Yeah, because I was like, oh, you're still like you know, invested in kind of the ending of this where it's yeah, like I was ready the,
1: to fast forward to the end see what had happened. Yeah. At,
0: well, we, mm-hmm. we both really wanted to fast forward this movie because <laughs> it's two hours long and it's so, so slow, um, which is a shame because there are a lot of good parts. Yep. But, um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the real life story that is way crazier and, I, I can't believe that there hasn't been a, a movie made about it. I think it's because it's still kind of like ongoing. Whoa. Yeah. It is very... I want to just try, try, try to make it um, as, as condensed as possible here. Okay. But Basically, this couple, Michael and Christine Barnett adopted a ukrainian girl named natalia grace when she was about eight years old oh my gosh!
1: or so they thought when did this start
0: this happened so they um they adopted they adopted her in 2010
1: <gasps> that's crazy i know like they adopted her the year after this movie came out yeah like she, why she would you came would to the united <laughs> states
0: yeah she came to the united states in 2008 she has a rare form of dwarfism. Okay. And that was known. Like okay. sh- that the the parents knew that. Now, side sidebar, um Michael and Christine Barnett were already famous because their oldest son, they have like three other kids. Yeah, they have three other kids. Their oldest son Jacob was like this boy genius and he had like given a TED talk, had like, he got accepted to this crazy like rocket science program. He's super, super smart. And they had already been on like television shows talking about their superstar smart kit.
1: Wow. Was he adopted too? Or is-
0: no, no. Huh. I don't believe okay. so. That I, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't think so. Um, and anyway, her record, sh- her record <laughs> said she was born in 2003. They thought she was 8. Then they did another um, test, and it said that she was 11. But in June of 2012, the Barnetts, with the court judge's approval, changed Natalia's age from 8 to 22, with birth records indicating that Natalia was born in 1989, making her 30. They did that because she had tried to kill them. A few times. Okay. (laughs) And she was like mentally unstable and they wanted, and they, well, they didn't do it just because of that, but they had noticed that she was menstruating. She had like a full on pubic hair situation.
1: Oh man, I just don't believe this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, she was mentally unstable and they were trying to get her admitted into the psychiatric hospital. So like, Oh. So, who knows, right? Who knows? The the, the things uh, uh, are, this person's very unstable. The parents are possibly very unstable, too. So, they... Um, Why they are the parents
1: possibly unstable?
0: Because they... Who knows? I don't really know if, if um, Natalia was trying to kill them. They could have been making it up to get her to you know be admitted into the just get rid of her i have no idea who knows but they the family moved to canada in 2013 without natalia they rented her an apartment and set her up quote with disability social security and food stamps i checked on her a couple times a week she was fine so oh brother who so at this point like it's really not clear how old she actually is or if she's even from Ukraine because she didn't have an accent and she couldn't speak Ukrainian. So it's a very orphan-esque situation. This is very much like what happens in the movie. Um, anyway, the Barnett's divorce in 2014. A new family files for guardianship of Natalia in 2016 because it's it, she like wasn't okay on her own and the p- people hadn't been back. Anyway, Christine and Michael Barnett were arrested in 2019, and they are pleading not guilty, but I don't know what happened with their... Oh, they turned themselves in, and they bonded out of jail, and their trial was supposed to be last year in January, a year ago, but they're pleading not guilty. And this has been all over, like... I'm reading right now from Oprahmag.com and they've been on Dr. Phil and friggin' Dr. Oz and all this shit.
1: Okay, we'll have to watch some clips. That's yeah. for sure.
0: <laughs> I'll sp- I'll post the clip of, of Dr. Phil, but
1: also not a real doctor, so it is kind of a weird a little pop oh. calling the kettle black situation. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz Cusing are using both... people of
1: yeah fraudulent behavior. Oh
0: totally. The- it says Natalia's face shows bemused surprise as Dr. Phil's breaks it down like this. I guess it comes down to whether or not you're an evil psychopath demon child who who came over here to murder everybody.
1: Cool. So it's <laughs> uh, um what a guy, what a what a prince to have in our society. There's
0: so there's been so much reporting on this, but there's so there's still not a lot of clarity of like How actually, like, how old she is, where she's from. If the parents were negligent, I mean, they were. I don't think that setting her up in her own apartment was a great idea.
1: It, uh, the weirdest (laughs) one to me is like the court, the compromise on her adult age. Yes. That they had records saying she's 30. Yes. And they're like, well, how about we meet in the middle and say 22.
0: Yeah. Like, it's really, it's really messed up. So, I mean, it's it's way more interesting than the movie, um, <laughs> like in a real life way.
1: Yeah, I'm actually. It would be kind of. I, I would definitely watch the movie of this story. That sounds very callous, but like because the court angle to it, and sort of like the lack of definitive. Proof on something that feels like it should be, even with something like a rare form of dwarfism in the mix and like missing birth records and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, my feeling there was like, do we not have the science to actually sort this out definitively? Yeah. Quite quickly. And then there's also, and then like the larger ethical question of, well, does it matter if this person was presenting as an eight-year-old and is an adult, then like do you have to treat them legally as an adult because like they've been living their life as a child under the care of adults for their whole life.
0: Right. Yeah, like like Esther Mm -hmm. is still a child. She's still, even though she's like in her 30s, She's never lived on her own. She's never, you know, she's still.
1: Yeah, she just goes from house to house. Yeah. Trying to like black widow yeah. the, the husbands.
0: Yeah, so that's what that's that's what a happens. very specific kink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would have liked in the orphan, or I keep saying the orphan, in orphan, to yes. have that like hiding the menstrual cycle to be part of it because that is so interesting. Like she's like basically wrapping her, um, herself.
1: Yeah. Like she's, she's like, tamping down. Her,
0: yeah. Or now and then, a little less messed up sure. reference. Um, but yeah. So she's, she's there. They reveal that stuff at the end, but it would have been interesting to be like, I don't know, to, ha- I guess you, they would have given it away, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't
1: know. I mean, uh, or as a way to separate a movie like this from a good son, in a way, or I don't know, maybe it makes it more good son-ish if it is like she is your point of view, and so you're following her trying to fool this family. Like, I don't know if that would mm. be as interesting mm. as like trying to make it a twist, but like,
0: well, once
1: be a cool narrative anyway
0: once kate is like onto her if she found like a pad or a tampon you know yeah
1: way better than finding a black light room
0: (laughs) okay so part of this part of this whole thing is that Esther is this accomplished artist because she's had all these years just like being a child and doing artwork and playing piano. So she like can play piano masterfully. She's this wonderful painter.
1: She was in Groundhog Day. She's so a thousand years yeah. of experience. <laughs> I know.
0: It's like, eh. but she's this painter and they give her this easel when she comes to their house and like they set her up with all this paint. Um, and she is making scary paintings with black light all over the room that they can't see until they turn on the black light. And I just, like, had this moment while I was watching it that it's like, children's artwork is not scary. It's not no. scary. And it's always used as a device. We've talked about it so much on the show where it's like, oh no, they're drawing things that are scary. Well, and it's
1: it's how is it Daniel, the brother, finds out about Max's experience with her is by finding a stack <laughs> of her drawings yeah. and looking at them. Instead of them just communicating.
0: Yeah. With- you had a big problem with that scene too, because he's talking. And signing. And if he had just been signing to his deaf sister, Esther couldn't have heard what he was saying. Mm-hmm. There was like a couple parts like that where it's like, just sign. Yep. But no, didn't happen. Um, one yeah, thing I will like say-
1: yelling as if that is helpful.
0: Yeah. The, the biggest thing about Esther's bomb room, like this family is so wealthy. So rich. So he's like an architect and it's this amazing- like architect's dream house and like everything they're there's they're so wealthy and it was never touched on in the movie and it Mm -hmm. that really made me mad because I I wanted that to be part of it in some way like there was no reason why they were so like there was no I don't know there was no implication there there was no like effect yeah, right. at all because it, like, it, it wasn't even
1: like a parasite thing or something of right, like yeah. there's a there's a class imbalance here that we have to address yes or that she yeah or that it's what she's always wanted right to she live only goes well like she only tries to yeah. get money out of people that there's some there to it, or that been. it may yeah that it makes them worse people or that it doesn't and right. there's something to show there like everything it was more like uh no, it's just an open floor plan, so you can hear everything everybody says and you can watch like the teenage kid being like a somewhat shitty teenage kid. Like it's just Right, it's, right.
0: It's it it made me angry that they were so 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 wealthy and it was never it was just like uh-huh. no, this is just a normal family. It's like it's not a normal family.
1: And they, yeah, it's like it didn't even because the movie plays out as if they are a normal family. Like they don't yes. even utilize their wealth to get uh, help or get—it's not even like, oh, well, you're so rich, you could pay, you could bribe someone at this orphanage to fast-track your application, and that's how you end up with Esther. Great, right. and then you right? damned yourself because yeah. You've
0: met- so anyway, that was a that was a thing. but the main thing about her her totally amazing room was that she has this like. 50 gallon aquarium (laughs) and recently and and it has a black light and i guess that's why it was there because Mm then he like uses the black light from the aquarium and we yeah we recently got a five gallon aquarium that i is our first fish my first fish pet i should say yeah first time taking care of a fish um learning about Ammonia and nitrogen and bacteria and the balance and all the stuff and uh oh I actually have to feed her. Whoops. Cookie pie, I'm sorry. I'll come feed you after the podcast. But um it's so it's just as soon as I saw that aquarium, I was like, What the shit? Mm-hmm. Like in your new kids' bedroom you have this insane aquarium. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'm ever going to look at aquariums the same way. Do you no, know what
1: I mean? Also, like the fish are like large fish; they're not. <laughs> yeah, well, they, had, I, they yeah. could be because it was like a As professional. You, and but yeah, like it's just weird to have this. Do you like assume that this kid loves fish, or that like even just a one-off mention, like yeah, it's something for you to take care of now. You know, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. anything is just it was anything. purely decorative.
0: Yes, and. Another thing that bothered me along the lines of like wealth in the movie is that she, so she was teaching piano at Yale, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: and <laughs> and she stopped. Not
1: Esther. Uh, we're talking about Kate. Vera Kate the F- mom. So
0: she's she had been, but she stopped because of her lo- losing the baby and like having um, a dip back into her alcoholism
1: and something that happened with Max they never quite Max oh, fell Mac, into the lake.
0: Yeah, she that's how she went deaf.
1: Well, they said she was born deaf. I don't know if that's a lie. So that's a lie. Okay.
0: Yeah, so she actually fell into the lake like um like in it's a wonderful life how he like loses his hearing.
1: Weird place to like take that. I uh Pretty
0: sure Oh, but now wait. I think he falls in the lake. And loses. I'm gonna. <laughs> now I'm like doubting my it's a wonderful life reference here.
1: I don't mean to take your trivia train mm-hmm. on a different track, but and uh, you maybe you were saving this for later, but the actor who plays Max, mm-hmm. uh, names Ariana Engineer. What a great little name, mm-hmm. but um, she is deaf in real life. She's a deaf That's actor, great. which is really cool. Like, and this was, and um, there are other movies where she does speak and play deaf characters and that kind of thing, but, it's, but she doesn't have, she doesn't speak in this movie. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's just an interesting, make it weird if, it's weird that it's the accident. I thought, I, I, that's unclear to me. That's, well, anyway. Anyway. If Not you're great. still
0: with us here, congratulations! You've made it to um, our little vent made it through our little venti part of all the things that we didn't like about this movie. But now we must get into the parenting stuff in this movie. We yes. have a couple things we want to talk talk about, and um, I'm so excited it It felt it almost feels like we could break this into two episodes because it, there's just so much.
1: There, there really was. There was there's, a lot.
0: There's a lot of relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parenting stuff. And they all are things that we haven't talked about on the show before, really. And it's just funny how different movies have so many different levels of, of like, actual parenting when there's kids involved. Um, For sure. But let's get down to it. So, the first thing i want to talk about is the part in the movie where kate and my, what's his name john my, john
1: john and kate plus peter, eight peter, peter stars i don't know if,
0: yeah <laughs> uh yeah peter Sarsgard um he mm, what do you think is he a bad dad
1: um, I do, I was very split on this. I, I think he's a bad husband.
0: He's a bad husband, but he is actually a pretty good dad.
1: Yeah. Um, I think something we used to say before any of us or like any of our friends had kids and just when everyone was still dating and you might still be friends with someone once they stop dating is that you can't really judge people by how they are in relationships. Mm-hmm. A, I think about that a little bit differently now. I think you can judge a lot of people by how they are in relationships in certain ways. But I do right. think there's a similar line here with like, you can't judge every, like every parent by how they are to their partner. And vice versa. like
0: It's different. I yeah, think what we... A, they're
1: very different relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. And they can draw different uh, emotional yeah. things from different people for sure.
0: I think what we always meant by the you can't judge a person by what how they are in a relationship. Because you very much can. What we always kind of meant was like there's two sides to the story. Right. And often you're only hearing one. There's three sides to the story, right? Oh, yes. Okay. So there's three sides. And... There's the partner, the other partners, and the truth. And you'll never know all three. And I think, like, as you're kind of, like, growing up and watching people's relationships thrive or fail, you're kind of like, oh, wow, I I didn't know X, Y, and Z. So, because, of course, there's certain things you very much can, like, stop being friends with someone because they have, they are in a relationship. But anyway, it's, I do think that you're right. That's the same as, like, a parent parent versus relationship mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it works both ways.
1: Yeah. In this movie specifically, John, I, I mean, I think there's issues you could take with the, with like his parenting. Cause I don't like, I do feel like he's sort of divisive in like, he's trying to be the cool dad to some degree but he does stick up for kate even while they're having their issues there's a point at which esther says like she doesn't like me very much you know in an effort to further divide them and he Mm -hmm. says no mommy loves you like you Mm -hmm. are as much a part of this family as any of your kids and like even as the movie like escalates i do also like that he doesn't (laughs) i don't know like he doesn't uh try to say like hit Esther against Kate or for that matter fall for her uh adult feminine wiles towards oh God. The the
0: yeah. so there is a point where um Daniel is the older son. So yeah. he he acts out and and John says, You can get the key to your treehouse back when you apologize.
1: ah uh, yes.
0: For and I think it's because he like called Esther retarded or something yeah, 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 yeah um he had that outburst at dinner uh-huh. so they lock his treehouse his very good sunny
1: treehouse. it's two stories tall for no reason <laughs> and is uh full of pornography <laughs> yeah and also like old time like candy jars that was like a big <laughs> couldn't help but no. was, like the set dressing of that oh, of I the inside of that, that. treehouse so there's a like, huge like penny candy Aww. candy jars in there huh anyway Sorry, go ahead. They locks the door
0: and they lock the door. And so that got me thinking about apologies mm. and forcing your child to apologize and what that really is and why we do that. And, um, and Dr. Becky, um, shout out Dr. Becky at home has a great Instagram story about this. I'm going to post that. I did read some articles, um, about apologizing and kind of like building on things that I had already kind of, kind of known about mm-hmm. apologies. And,
1: um, cause it is so difficult to not go there. This is like top of that mountain of the stuff that we all grew up with when we were kids, I think, is that like you had to say you were sorry, apologies, apologies, like, right, apologizing and being sorry were very important virtues of- but
0: apologizing and being sorry so different mm, so yes, yes yes so the the articles that i read were great but i asked my sister aunt monica
1: shout out
0: <laughs> ec expert resident uh that means early childhood for those of you i don't know <laughs> early childhood education expert she is our still our first and only guest of the show. Her wisdom and insight was like was better than any article I read. So I'm going to, I'm going to summarize what she, um, and she also gave, um, gave me an article to post called How to Help Your Child Develop Empathy. And that's really what you're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. So she says, yeah, apologizing does not equal empathy. That's the, the skill we think we're building when we're like, say you're sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but scream you scream know, at you to apologize. Right. And sorry's not a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what you're really doing is like shaming your child, making them feel guilty about what they did. So... What I love this, she's like, let's work from a restorative justice framework. Okay, let's do so it. then you say, Oh, your friend is crying because you took the truck from them and beat them with it. I'm gonna go get your friend an ice pack, like mm-hmm. modeling. I love like the just stating, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. Um, the uh announcer, the sports, yes. sport, sports casting, as Janet Lansbury says. um and the other side of it, which we have to work on a lot with Woo and Boo, since Boo's whole thing is like screaming, uh-huh. is that you you ignore the victim when you're you're forcing the one kid to like say they're sorry or or do anything. You're ignoring the victim, right? So a lot of times, if Boo is screaming at the top of his lungs. And Wu is crying. We try to focus on Wu, the injured person, right? right? Um, Who had his, for
1: instance, hair stepped on.
0: Yeah, not giving the perpetrator all the attention um, and saying like, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Tell them you're sorry, whatever. Um, So if that challenging behavior is about attention, in our case with Boo, it is, giving the crying victim the attention and not the kid screaming... Is gonna model like let's repair let's yeah
1: like we first things first safety right yeah, like, like because that's what okay? we always say like i have to keep you safe yeah as a reason for many things but like so yeah if, if mm-hmm. I'll, a real example this morning is uh yeah woo was on laying down on the kitchen floor as you do they were playing superheroes they had capes on and stuff but Wu was just laying down on the kitchen floor he has longer hair and boo just stepped on his hair he likes to do that now because he's testing it you know he does see that it gets a reaction makes woo cry Mm -hmm. and it's and so i have to say like you stop doing that please don't step on Mm -hmm. your brother's hair and that makes and then boo feels immediately like shamed by that or wounded by like especially if i have like any kind of swift reaction to it which inherently is going to raise my voice to some degree or make me just react faster than i would if we were playing Mm -hmm. right so then he starts crying and you can tell he's up you know and he's upset and but then it's still like i did i kind of had to vacillate between those two things which is really hard to do is like i see that you're upset i know that you're Mm -hmm. this and that but like let's make sure that woo is okay is he you know is he safe is it like is he still hurt does he need anything Mm -hmm. and like we'll go from there right but it's so it's 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 a tough balance
0: it is and um you know and apologizing if that's something that you want to do you have to do it later when everyone's calm nobody's gonna apologize in the in that moment where Uh everyone's crying right and it just doesn't really make any sense when you think about it and the thing about the thing that Dr. Becky says which I love a couple things is that when you when you apologize to someone you're forced to visit like the bad thing you did you feel bad about what you did Uh so like if and she talks about this in the video it's like if you are having if you and I were having a fight and You know, I I raised my voice at you and called you a name and you said, you go to your room and I'm taking your phone. You have to sit in there like Mm -hmm. until you apologize. Yes. I'd be really, really mad at you. And I wouldn't like it wouldn't fix anything. Um, But to
1: because you know how to fix it immediately. And then that doesn't then that comes. There's also that next level of like, well, that's not sincere because you're just saying that so you can get your phone back.
0: Exactly. Right. So you're just saying it. And that's not what you want. You don't want to teach your child just to say, like, sorry, you know, Uh Um, which is what they will do. And um, but saying, like, whoa, I I hear you're really upset. Let's just take a second and calm down, you know, like, and then you might be able to say you're sorry to Uh the person because, you know, what you did was wrong. Like kids also know what they're doing. If it hurts someone, they they know. And what they don't want to do is feel like a bad kid. So Dr. Becky, just adore her. She models a really great thing where she says, instead of forcing your child to apologize or really doing anything like that, it's like if your child just knocked down someone else's blocks and the person is very upset you say to your child, "Oh no!" Like you, like you know, you explain the situation, right? You're like, "Oh, they're they're very upset that you knocked down their blocks." It's t- it's hard to find your apologizing voice, so don't worry, I'll do it for you. Wow, we, you know, I and you do it. You say all the things that your child you would want your child to say, like, "I'm sorry." knock down your blocks i didn't mean to Mm. i see you're really upset and um you know x y and z and she gives the example but basically like taking on and it's basically saying to your child like you're a good kid you Mm -hmm. did something behavior is not who you are you know kind of thing yeah and i'm gonna model for you what you could say or do to make it better and Cause no kid wants to feel like a bad kid cause they will feel unlovable. Yeah. And they, and that's like the last thing any kid wants to feel is like that they are unlovable. And so they're going to do anything to protect that. And like always working from this um, place of connection with your kid. I think that's my favorite thing about Dr. Becky's insights with parenting is like, you don't, you just want to connect with your kid and not push them away. So like, anything apologizing or anything like that any kind of challenging behavior it's like well what am i doing to like connect with my kid right now instead of shutting them down shutting their feelings down shutting you know like or Uh like um shaming them um so yeah so that was cool
1: i think that is cool there's a lot of good
0: other great insights in these articles that I will post in our show notes and I will post on our Instagram, that video that I keep referencing from Dr. Becky.
1: That sounds great. Um, yeah. I, it, it just, it's amazing how much like how punitive the idea of like penitence is, you know, there mm-hmm. is, there's nothing to be gained from it. If mm-hmm. it's not, you can see pretty quickly. I think that's it. It's because like, we all have those instincts or those moments where you do just want to be like, you did that on purpose say you're sorry whatever it is like they and 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 kind of cast that that blame really right right? to find in the interest of finding a solution or the interest of of also like supporting one child especially Mm -hmm. if you have two or more kids Mm -hmm. where like you're responsible for both of them as is the case with our movie right it's like It's not just that, like, I'm embarrassed that you said that in front of, and like, embarrassed me in front of my other parent friends or something, and Mm -hmm. you hurt their kid, or that messes with my relationship. It really is like, I have to support both of you, and so to be able to try to, you know, to do that, and still, uh, you know, actively in the moment, be able to support both kids. These are like super good tips for doing that, and
0: and always remembering that. Another thing that the psychologists, child psychologists that we love, so Janet Lansbury, Dr. Becky, the girls over at Upbringing, a lot of it is like your kids always remembering your child and your children are always doing the best they can. Uh They're never not. They're always doing the best they can in the moment. And you have to believe that. And you you have to believe that like your child is not doing something quote on purpose to like hurt someone right you know like right they're not because it's not
1: <laughs> it's that's psychopathic behavior like it would be that'd be super alarming right if they really were like doing something specifically
0: they'd be and, Esther and maybe 33 years
1: yeah, old they're older than you think yeah i mean to the hair pulling example where it's like I know that, like Boo is exploring, he's getting a reaction. Those are all true, and he—he, it's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. He certainly does, but it's like to what end? I. It's not out of malice, exactly. It's not,
0: you know. It's more like, what's going to happen when I do this? You Mm -hmm. know, or I need attention. I have a need. There's a need behind the action. There's a.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And well, something I don't think we talked about this. Last week, we mentioned we'd gone on vacation. Something we did notice when we got home is there was no screaming on vacation. There was no, that Boo was very quiet in that way on vacation. Like they had great fun. They were, you know, they're Mm -hmm. loud and playful and everything else. But the top of your lungs screaming to like shatter glass that he does when he needs attention or to like break breakthrough yes to with his older through. brother yeah or with us it wasn't happening there because and that's really it was just such a great moment of like oh wow this really is the kind of environmental in so mm-hmm. many ways because like there is this there is a dynamic there is a power structure whatever it might be that like he's constantly like testing or pushing and against, trying to assert trying to trying himself assert. yeah absolutely
0: yeah so
1: um i want to bring up a kate thing Mm. we don't we don't talk about bad or good moms uh on this show so we won't even ask the question we Um, don't no and there's uh,
0: yeah they're all good moms right (laughs) no bad moms and
1: there's a point in this movie where mom kate comes upon a locked bathroom door
0: Mm. open this door what are you doing i always lock the door no, we don't lock doors in this house. But what if someone comes in and sees me? Nobody's going to come in. Look, I'm going to stand right here if that's what you want. I could sing for you.
1: I used to sing for the sisters in the orphanage so they would know I was all right. OK. All
0: right. But th- okay. you know what? This is just for tonight.
1: I didn't realize we were watching the movie. Like she's singing, That's the Story of Love, I think is what it is. <laughs> oh. and it's just a weird, weird choice to have it be anything other than like a Ukrainian folk song. Or yeah. Something.
0: No, she just wants love. Um, she just wants to get with uh, John.
1: That's right. So, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit about locking doors in this house. You know, mm-hmm. we, that is a policy of ours. We don't, well, actually, no, it's not. We do lock doors. We will even sometimes lock the bathroom door if we're in there, whatever. But we do tell our kids not to lock their doors right, even though we know they will. um, yeah, well, for safety's sake,
0: right, to keep them safe, right? Because it's different when I lock the bathroom door if I'm doing something very private and mm-hmm. people are, you know, whatever gonna burst right through. and yeah, it's like, because I am an adult and it's different Mm -hmm. with an adult locking a door and a child. Um, But I think, yeah, it's, there's two, there's two things about this. It's like her, her saying to her newly adopted child, we don't do that. We don't do that in this house. First of all, she probably didn't know. Let's just forget all the messed up stuff about Esther, but like, if yeah. she just were a regular adopted older kid, it's like, well, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, it's then, a
1: weird. It's weird to come off. It's a little bit um, yeah. lights out. Them's the rules <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. It is like.
0: Yeah. Like you didn't you didn't explain that. And also saying we don't do blank. Right. Mm-hmm. A big, big thing. Big no no like, for
1: Janet Lansbury. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And I agree. I think it's like, well, no, we absolutely do. You mm-hmm. do. You did. It happened you know right. we don't like hands aren't for hitting it's like they absolutely are mm-hmm. like and i'll show
1: you yeah it's like kids will hit each <laughs> yeah, other like, and like you can to defend yourself there's like there are like situations where yeah. it's weird to make the yeah the the blanket statements right
0: but the but yeah the other part of that with locking a door and the thing that i think we why we picked up on it is like allowing kids to have privacy is so important and it's something that you have to really, really work hard mm-hmm. to model, which is knocking. Yeah. Knocking on closed doors. um, And it, it's hard.
1: It really is. I, I thought, and there is a piece of this where like, this isn't all bad. It's not be, the best way to say it in the first place, but one of her things is basically like, I don't have to come in. I can stand outside the door. I'll mm-hmm. stand. She says, like, I'll stand out here if that's what you want me to do, but I need you to keep the door unlocked. Is like a totally fair, you know, that that is like respecting the space and her privacy. It's and in the movie, she's standing outside the door. It's like mm-hmm. the line here where the door would, where like the door jam would be. Yeah. I'll be on the other side of that, but I just need you. I won't take a step in there, but, um, can't let you lock the door
0: were how were your parents with privacy did did you get a lot of privacy as a kid
1: oh i think so yeah i i um yeah i i didn't i don't think i really required a lot of privacy but it was never uh intruded upon in any way you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like what are you doing with your door closed? Or no, you can't take that phone call in the other room or something like that. Right, I think right. a lot of kids had like their phone calls listened to yeah. uh on a home phone or had their or you know had their stuff gone through. Had their stuff gone through, absolutely. But like as a kid, like my mom would do my laundry. So if like I was gonna like hide something I shouldn't have in my drawer, it would be seen. But it was only as a it, yeah, it wasn't like there I was getting there were sweeps happening. It was just through the like, well, yeah, if you want to do your own laundry and put it away, go for it. It mm-hmm. wasn't really like, right. Um, but yeah, I never felt like my, my privacy was like questioned or invaded in yeah. that way. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Same here. Thanks for asking. Um, it was, <laughs> I always very much admired my mom's level of um, staying out of my business. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, and almost to a point where I was like, you're very lucky that I'm such a good kid because I am hiding stuff from you, even though it's not that bad. But like, if I were hiding worse stuff, it would be easy. And maybe that was a facade. And maybe she, maybe she did, you know, like, maybe she did know about all that stuff, but I don't think so. She never like read my diary. She never went into my, my stuff. And Mm -hmm. there's actually a point in, there were times in high school when we were living with my grandmother that we even shared a room and I never felt like she was going through my stuff or anything.
1: Right. So as, I've, even if it was subconscious, I'm sure part of that was like to be made mutual, you know, that it was <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you a reason to go through my stuff. Maybe even partly like, I don't really want to know if you have yeah. something <laughs> hidden that you don't want me to see or read or right. whatever else. Like we're good. This is fine. Like yeah. I don't need to know what
0: I went through all of my parents' stuff, every little yeah, last bit of it. So that true. that was Sorry, not <laughs> parents. That was not an equal privacy thing. No. So and to the point where I'm like wondering when that all starts with our kids. I'm like, when are you gonna just start poking around into everything?
1: But, yeah, but but I do wonder if it is different now, with a it, certain different level of access to information and stuff to do. If it is just like yes, do you I, actually care? I think it is.
0: I think it is. I think it's just style of the times. Like we just had a lot more free time, unattended Mm -hmm. time. They don't have that. Like they're just not doing that. True. But, well, speaking of privacy, the last thing that I wanted to talk about Mm. with um this movie. I mean, there's actually so much with this movie. We really had to like whittle down to like the big bullet points. But there's a whole scene in the movie where Kate and John start making out in the kitchen
1: Yeah, at they night. finally get their libidos back.
0: Yep, she's got her libido back. And, um, because she's on medication, and that can be tough, even if you are two hotties, like yeah. Vera and Peter.
1: Vera, I think this is kind of her, her hottest, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, Like, more so than even, like, The Departed or yeah. something. I think she is very good-looking in this movie. She is,
0: <laughs> and, um, yeah and it is such a <laughs> such a contrast to like just like four years later with the conjuring, and she's like uh-huh. a Victorian maid, um yeah, definitely, and she's like old she just seemed a lot older and like definitely not portrayed as sexy. like she's you know, yeah, supposed to be like the sexy mom. it's true. the fact that she's even threatened by like the mom on the playground,
1: is I know bananas, I mean, who is also like a hot lady, but also she's like, like a
0: hot lady, but she's like really trying hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's really. <laughs> but coming on suburban but strong. But then
0: we find out why because he has a history. Ten years ago, he cheated on her, right?
1: Yep. So possibly with her, I guess that never. maybe no, that's not clear. I thought that that was code. To me, that's what that whole situation read as was like. Oh, it was. I tell you to come over. Like you helped me with stuff, and maybe there was a period of time, like when I got oh, divorced. I don't think and I, so. I think know, it was like a code was gonna to
0: get. like come move a chair. I yeah. think that that she that's what she was hinting at. Mm-hmm. Because she was the person. But I am gonna his I'm,
1: response to that. I want to give him props for a second. Hmm. He does it. Oh well, you're going to talk about this more in depth. This is great because I don't know what you're going to say, but I thought it was a good brush off, like without being a total weirdo about it, for him to say like, yeah, let Kate and I know. Like mm-hmm. when you bring your spouse into that, like, yeah, to kind of like throw cold water on flirtation, totally, totally, yeah. Easy. He did he, the right thing. He
0: did. He did. A, he did the right thing, and he was like a little like giggly when he when it was clear that she was hitting on him, mm-hmm. but like Esther was like watching and yeah, and any normal person, you know, any normal kid wouldn't have. <laughs> made that into a whole thing, but- Yeah, even if you were weirded
1: out about it, you're like, I don't normally see my dad doing that. Like it would be, it still is like, yeah, not a thing.
0: It's not a thing. So Kate does find out about it. And that's how we find out that like, there's this history of cheating Mm -hmm. um, a long time ago. And then they have this big fight. And okay, well, this isn't what I was gonna say, but I will will post um, this Psychology Today, article what to do when someone flirts with your partner because i found her reaction to the story of like this woman flirting with her husband to be so absolutely irrational like first of all you can't control what other people do you can't control if someone's flirting with your partner that's right of course she has baggage with it because she's been cheated on and it shows that she has what, what this article called n- calls negative forgiveness, hmm. which is just basically carrying around the anger and the rage and the betrayal and the you know blame mm-hmm. of this past aggression. But if if you did have a, a healthy relationship, you know if if someone were flirting with you. And I saw it. I wouldn't like fly into a rage. I would just be like, oh, that's my hot husband. Yeah. He's still got it. You know, I would, like, you know, I w- we often talk about like when those things happen and like when, you know, they haven't <laughs> happened in a long time because we don't see anybody. But um, it's like, oh, it was this crazy thing like at this store, like this guy, this girl, this this happened. We'll talk about it. because yeah. It's like you're a human being for one thing you're a human being he deserves to giggle he deserves to like look at her boob it's okay yeah for sure it is okay to
1: it's like an extreme compliment especially the older you oh exactly if somebody like even more so if they're kind of weird right like if you're sort of like okay like you're like a little crazy (laughs) thank you but (laughs) thank you but no. yeah
0: yeah it's okay to be flattered by Mm that um I just feel like, yeah, that was that was bananas. That was something. It was, and but, I mean, it was
1: yeah. also like weird. I know this is what we we're talking about, but like there is also a weird like whataboutism in that like fight with conflating her alcoholism and an accident with Max in in, in his cheating, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm also interesting that it was like it happened ten years ago, but you told me two years ago. Mm-hmm. She said, which is also like, oh, good. Like that means it hasn't happened in a decade but like either when you were in couples therapy working out the mm-hmm. stuff around your alcoholism or it was weighing on him so much that he said it or you mm-hmm. found a old diary because you go through his stuff and read everything whatever like that either way like the truth was outed but from all we know he's been faithful ever since and they've worked through this in some way mm together like that it wasn't like yeah well, i'm just finding out now or this mm-hmm. is this pattern of behavior that i thought we were past and like clearly we're not you know yeah. like no reason to fly off the handle and doesn't also track as something that like esther is uh masterminding which i think is what we're meant to believe is that like mm-hmm. she's tearing them apart and this is like this yeah. wedge here
0: yeah it would have been it. yeah there's just a lot there's just so much going on in this movie that's extraneous and Whatever. Um, Cut it out. (laughs) But back to what I was going to bring up with their sex scene in the kitchen. So they're finally making out. She keeps saying no. He keeps kind of pushing it, which is problematic. But then she gets into it. And um, she keeps saying no because they're in their kitchen and they have a new older child and like an open floor plan, and like two other kids and but they're having sex in the kitchen and Esther sees them. Yeah. And so it made me think, okay, well, what, what are you supposed to do when your child walks in and you having sex? Now I found, <laughs> I found an article on fatherly, which if you haven't heard of fatherly, it's like parenting advice for dads. And we're going to say stuff that dad's like, That's and right. it's going to be a little bit vulgar and a little bit, cool cool a little bit sporty and i did actually find it kind of funny um but yeah it's like uh they actually have a whole fatherly guide to sex after kids but um basically that article and the other research i did they say a couple main things first of all try to have try to set yourself up for success right They did they did not do that in this movie. They know they know it's it was a risk. They they were that's why it was like they were she was kind of on the fence about it. They did it anyway, and it happened, right?
1: Yeah, like she should have been legitimately kind of mad at him then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so set yourself up for success. Like try to do it at a time when you know your kids are asleep or at least away, you know, doing Uh something else. But if they do walk in on you, basically try your best to stay calm and not freak out mm-hmm. right like yeah you can cover up if you if you need to if you're if things are very um <laughs> you know pronounced but like try to just calmly stop what you're doing and go to your child and address the situation like don't freak out don't shout at them and then try to like See how your your child's feeling. It, are they surprised? Are they alarmed? You know. Yeah. Trying to Could be upset. Yeah. Like, see what you can from their reaction, and from that, gu- like, guide the conversation that way. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you know, say something like, "This is our private time with each other." You know, depending on how old your kid is, hopefully you're continuing a conversation about sex and and anatomy and biology that you've already started when they're younger. Cause it is an ongoing conversation about like bodies. Right. Right. Like maybe, maybe a younger kid, you don't have to really explain too much. Maybe an older kid, maybe, you know, it's, it's really going to be really where your kid is at with that. Sure. And based on their reaction, but to it, take the shame out of it. Right. You don't want them thinking that what they just saw was, should be alarming or a bad thing
1: yeah definitely right and i mean especially depending on where it is or how it happens yeah like
0: what what point you are at
1: sure it's, it's a lot there too i mean i was thinking about like the scene that Esther walks into, like they could also be seen by a kid as violent in a way, you mm-hmm. know, because it is, there's sort of like a she's dominant like posture the, and yeah,
0: she's like down on the counter Yeah, he's the, behind her it's, hair
1: pulling, I think going mm-hmm. on. It's just like there are certain things about that too, that like might be hard to square in some ways. And mm-hmm. so like, and especially depending on what age your kid's at and what conver- other conversations you've had around it. And so it does seem like also that much more of a reason to be open about sex and sexuality as is appropriate in an ongoing, but not embarrassing for everyone way. But <laughs> just to, if it's part of the conversation that at least then it's something you can, as we walks in, we, <laughs> we are not talking about it. And
0: yeah. So you don't, another thing is you don't want to lie about what's going on. Don't make up like we were just doing yoga. We wrestling, were wrestling. We yeah. were wrestling. Yeah. Like, don't
1: okay don't make
0: don't make stuff up try to talk through whatever surprise is happening if it's just like what are you doing or alarm Mm -hmm. or whatever and keep having open-ended conversations about sex and bodies and pleasure really to uh, if they're old enough um and then this article was like don't lie but don't don't bring them into it. That's not appropriate. I was just like, Bleh. you know, like, like basically take your child back to whatever room they belong in and have right. that conversation there.
1: Well, yeah. Don't uh, invite them to all sleep in your bed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: As happened in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so then with all that in mind, how would you. Grade- oh, right.
0: that happened there too. That, yeah. I guess it happened twice in the movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. How would you grade this? sex talk
0: Esther we have to talk about last night do we yes we do see there are certain things that grown ups do that children aren't supposed to see and uh, that was one of them Esther listen to me When grown-ups love each other very, very much, it, they want to show each other that love. They want to
1: express it. I know. They fuck.
0: <laughs> Showing your hand there, Esther. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's good. I, in general, think she... I think Kate is a good mom. She's so yeah, intense so that it works so well. I wish I liked this movie more because there were so many good things about it and there were so many good parts but um i did think that kate's character was really great because she was very intense and it worked well for like how things go down in the movie you know like of like not being believed and like you know she's just pretty emotional um not emotional she's forceful and um she's very head-on and i liked i actually liked that talk for what it was. I mean, especially considering the situation of like an older adopted kid. Yep. But, um, so yeah, like, yeah, it, and like
1: coming out as like a mom with experience, like having a kid who's old, older, around the same yeah. age as, as Esther. Yeah. She might've
0: already had this talk mm-hmm. with Daniel. Yeah. So, um, this brings us to our new segment. New segment. And um, question of the week. We are going to ask you guys a question and we would love for you to respond respond <laughs> email us call in with a voicemail message us on Instagram that works too
1: yeah we'll pop this one in the social media certainly so that yes to give you another way of re- of reacting
0: yes and it can your responses can be anonymous if you um, would like them to be especially for this question but the ones that we like the ones that we Uh, our favorite depending on how much how many of these we get we will give the that lucky listener and responder a credit for a rental of your choice on your platform yeah
1: that's right whatever your platform of choice is if you're an itunes person or a amazon person whatever it might red box you let us know we will give you the amount of money (laughs) or a gift card or something equivalent to a rental so you can watch the next movie with us for free because we've the last few we've done have all been have all been rentals and yeah. i know we really like get into we've covered a lot of plot in the last few ones too so like um we love it if you can follow along yeah. we hope these are listenable without having seen a lot of these movies and we hope we're sometimes doing the heavy lifting for you by you not watching them but we <laughs> hope you can follow along when you want to so yeah, yeah.
0: question of the week we're gonna work on a drop for that too. Yep. Um, so here's our question. Has this happened to you? Have your children walked in on you doing it? What happened?
1: How did you handle it?
0: How did you handle it? Um, and just so you know, Aunt Monica did weigh in with some advice for this topic as well. Uh, she said, get new children. Uh, Cause you're on your own there. Uh-huh. So. And I guess we should say uh, to answer the question of the week for our part, this hasn't really happened with
1: us. Not famously. No. no.
0: I'm. Sh- I mean, I'm sure it will. It just it's bound to happen, right? Like,
1: yeah. You and you hope that you are working with those odds working against you, right? That <laughs> it's frequent enough. <laughs> yeah. That you're giving your number of kids yeah. solid odds of opening that door at the time.
0: Yeah. Uh here's an interview with a vamp parent along those lines. Interview with a vamp parent We're going to work on our drops. Yeah. Um did you did this ever happen to you as a child, Josh? Uh
1: yes. Oh no. Not like in a not in a in a graphic way, but I was I knew afterwards what I mm. what I'd walked in on walked out of, you know.
0: Oh, you just Did they see you? I don't think so. Ooh, shout out creeper. hey guys how you doing little <laughs> little peeping Tom over here
1: yes was gonna be like no no mom no <laughs> what's happening <laughs> <laughs> how old are you oh look at this baby she don't know what's going on I'm oh, sorry maybe it's more of like oh man I just don't believe this I don't know. What's the question? How old were you? <laughs> I don't know. Middle school? Ooh. You know, it was like Ooh. Yeah. I was old and, I was old enough. <laughs>
0: Grandpa Jersey, Graham, Graham. I'm sorry to <laughs> inform you that your child saw you doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um
0: <laughs> Josh is the color of a beet right now.
1: <laughs> unrelated, which is weird. I'm surprised it didn't come up in the intro. <laughs> He's
0: having an uh, allergic reaction. Yeah. All right. Well, Look, we gotta we gotta rate this movie.
1: Oh, that's it. We're done. I
0: think so. I think we have to be.
1: It's time. Okay, sure. You're right. Let's rate this movie. Okay. Uh hmm. <laughs> hmm. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh how um how many uh gibson explorer authentic guitar hero guitars do you give orphan 2009 um out of five
0: out of five um it's funny too because i don't know anything about guitar hero at all i like actively actively avoided guitar hero when it was a thing so she hates it i didn't like it at all. hates it um yes. I think it was just the nature of everybody watching each other play it and I couldn't do it no. um so I don't think I've ever I think I played once maybe um but was it was't so in our you're, house? you're saying that the guitar he was playing was like the fanciest one you could
1: I mean it was I think that might have even come with a it was probably one you could just buy it's not as like fancy but it wasn't stock.
0: Got it. Ugh, the wealth factor not playing a part, whatever. Okay, here's the thing. I did not enjoy watching this movie at all. Mm-hmm. I was very, very upset at how slow it was. Um, And it's a, such a shame. Yep. I, I think the pacing was a problem because it took so long and there was no style to warrant it. Look, The Shining's a long movie too, but you're like, the tension is there, right? Like there was no, there was very little tension, but then when it did happen, it was so fast and furious and like left you kind of like catching up to it. Mm-hmm. Like she opens the safe with the key and she points the gun at Max.
1: She... Yeah, Russian roulette. She empties she, all the Ru- bullets. Rush,
0: yeah, Russian roulette with Max. She just
1: calls it roulette, but yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then um you know lighting the treehouse on fire uh pushing um smashing
1: the pigeon with a rock
0: smashing the pigeon or like breaking her own arm like it happened so fast that you're like wait what 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 mm-hmm. like there was no build-up it made me
1: really mad um very little consequences for any of those individual actions
0: yes and uh there's so it was such a good movie for the podcast and it's uh, just such a bad movie. Like it's not mm-hmm. something I would recommend anyone watching. Correct. So I think I'm going to give it like a two out of a five.
1: Shit. you took my score. It was yeah, two is the number. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just
0: and that it almost makes it worse, worse. because yep. the, yeah, there's so there were so many there were so many good things. The acting was so good. The characters were great. There was so much. There was so much to it. You know, even like killing the nun
1: Mm -hmm. like that was shout out cch pounder my girl from the shield claudette
0: yeah like that was great but like it happened so fast and so yeah i don't know it stinks just stinks
1: yeah two hours two minutes i knew from the running time before i even started it was gonna be bad
0: Mm. you're just an expert
1: i'm an expert at running times that's for dang sure unless it's a historical drama If it's that like a smidge over two hours, I think two hours, 12 minutes is the worst possible runtime for a movie. I'd prefer to watch a four hour movie than a movie that's two hours and 12 minutes. Mm. It's not good. Mm. It's always bad. It always means it should have been longer or shorter. Yeah. It's never the right time.
0: Okay. All right. But let's read the kids. Okay. Esther, Daniel, Max, even if you want to. You're counting Esther. Yeah, she plays a child the whole time. Okay. And she is a child.
1: As far as we know.
0: She's not 33, Josh, that actress.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and even the kid, the really mean girl at the school gets. Pushed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The bully. <laughs> she was great. Authentic bully.
0: How many bottles, and this might not make sense to you because of your, um, up-bringing. Cis cisgendered malehood. Okay. Um, but how many bottles of liquid eyeliner would nice. you give the kids in this movie out of seven?
1: Oh. Uh,
0: Did you think I was gonna say wine bottles? Oh, how many wine glasses you kept in the house while you're oh, an alcoholic?
1: <laughs> oh, Carol knows. I could not stop talking about this while we were watching the movie. If your wife was a recover was in recovery and you knew you were gonna give her crap about all the wine she she was sneaking and all this stuff why would you keep legit wine glasses in your house throw them out you're not having wine when guests come over you best not be drinking wine out of wine glasses like show Mm -hmm. a little support even if you're gonna have some yourself you're gonna drink it out of a juice glass or something else it is insane to me that somebody from props department was like well wine glass
0: right Yeah. yeah yeah um
1: so, but no liquid eyeliner, liquid is what's eyeliner, on the table seven right bottles now. of liquid eyeliner. Um, they're tiny. The kids were solid. Max was absolutely my favorite. She's adorable, I think. And I didn't know watching it, she is deaf. I wasn't sure if actually that's why she didn't speak in the movie, is this because if no one could just decide, like, if she should affect her speaking voice at all to seem authentically deaf. Because they said she was deaf from birth, but um, then we found out maybe it's from an accident. We don't really know still. Anyway, I don't know three,
0: three
1: out of seven. I don't
0: know. F- no, I'm not. Tw- no, no, I'm
1: just. Uh, yeah, three. I think so. They were fine. Uh, I want to give Max a kind of more. I don't know the kids. What it, I go four. I'll round it up. They were better than bad. Okay, how about you? How many bottles of liquid eyeliner do you give the kids in this movie?
0: I am going to give them like six out of seven. I thought they were, Shoo. I thought they were great. Awesome. Look again, you got to separate the, what they were given. I think for what they were given, they were so good. Daniel uh-huh. was so good. He, you completely believe him as like a bratty little kid, and you yep. completely believe him when he's so scared by Esther.
1: That's true.
0: I, I thought Esther was great. So great. Like, it's a shame that it wasn't a better movie because she could have, like... And I think that generally this movie was well-liked. Yeah. And I think she was just, like, perfectly cast because you totally believe her at the end that she's older. Definitely. And Max was amazing. Amazing. She was
1: so good. So good. So Um, good. So,
0: yeah, I'm going to give them a six out of seven.
1: Okay. Wonderful.
0: Yeah, that was a fun, a very unfun movie to watch, a very fun movie to talk about on the podcast
1: i was at first really like excited that they were getting into it because i thought it was good for the parenting and like laying all this groundwork until i realized like nothing had happened Mm. for an hour and then like when you realize like nothing kind of is going to happen but there's so much left it felt really like And I wasn't even expecting a twist. That's sort of the sad part. Like I didn't know I was trying to uncover a mystery really. It was, I don't know what my involvement was watching it, but I think Mm. I was not, I didn't feel invested from the jump. But Mm. um, we, you know, if you watched it, let us know what you thought. Answer our question of the week. Answer that question of the week. For the love of Esther, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdaddy or on Instagram at mummyxdaddypod. Leave us a voicemail. Answer that question of the week at 818-839-1991 and visit us on the internet for show notes and more mummyxdaddy.com.
0: If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is buying two bottles of wine and drinking one by yourself.
1: (laughs) Telling everyone you (laughs) dumped it down the drain.
0: (laughs) She'll appreciate that. Bye.
1: Bye.